You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So a little bit of a late start today. I uh, thought I was being super smart and reconfigured my room so everything made a little bit more sense. Um, it's it's getting there, but um, it's kind of the worst of both worlds. <laughs> I thought this would be a lot better. The mic was a little bit in front of my... I don't know I don't know how to do this. The microphone's supposed to be in front of my face, but I need to be able to see my computer. What am I supposed to do? So then I, I got to put it like way off to the side because, you know, now I got I got the two monitor thing going on. And it's like I got to put it way to the side of my face, but then you can't hear it. Plus, it's, it, it's drifting and it keeps drifting in front of my face. And I don't know. And now it's pointing toward the noise. I just, I got to get started. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I got the whole weekend to try to figure this stupid thing out. Um, but it just on its face seems entirely counterintuitive. How in the world do I put this thing in front of me when I still need to see the monitors? I don't know how to do that. Anyways, I suppose ideally I get a computer that doesn't sound like a, um, a lawnmower and, uh, get in a little quieter room that isn't right next to the furnace and all that kind of stuff. Then I can just crank the gain up and we got no problems. Anyways, uh, ba 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 How you doing today? What you doing? What's, uh, what's going on with you? How you doing? That's good. So big, big, gigantic, massive news. We have hired Maurice Drayton to be the special teams coordinator. So that's cool. I, I don't know. Again, I, I hate all this coaching stuff because everyone's like, what does it mean? I'm like, I don't know. And most people are mad because, well, you stupid idiot. You're hiring somebody that's less than Menenga, so that means he's worse than Menenga. That's dumb. No, it's not how that works. I don't know if he's going to be any good. I have no idea. They, I mean, they hired him for a reason. I don't know what the reason is. Obviously, because they think he's really good. Apparently, the rumor is they had they felt like they needed to move on him real fast because everybody else was like, dude, we got to get this guy. He's so good. Well, if he's so good, why weren't the Packers special teams better? Because he wasn't in charge of the Packers special teams. Menenga was. That's why. So I know nothing. I have zero insights into the guy. This is, this is why the coaching stuff is so stupid. There's so much involved in coaching that has nothing to do with anything we can see. We don't have any statistics we can look at, which is why we, we make up stupid reasons to either like or really dislike somebody because we look at things like stats and everything else, and it usually doesn't translate to anything. I mean, the, the, the immediate example that comes to mind is the one that I've used a thousand times when we talk about this whole Shanahan tree. Remember how um, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and, and Mike Shanahan and all these guys... Um, they all work together. They all work together in Washington. And when Mike went bye-bye, Kyle went bye-bye, and they also fired Matt LaFleur, but they kept the tight ends coach. Well, what the heck is that about? This team is terrible, and you keep, like, the lowest level guy, and you promote him to offensive coordinator? 
some no-name guy that's like 32 years old or whatever who's going to run the same garbage sit you get the point right it's because everybody just assumed well if if this guy's worse if this guy's bad and his son is worse and then this guy's even worse than that it's because we have no other information to go on but what do we now know about Sean McVay he's actually really really intelligent and really really knows what he's doing right i mean that's become kind of painfully obvious at this point fact of the matter is everybody that's really really good started somewhere and they started from a point of who is this guy we've never heard of him before and it's funny too because most people are like well i don't want some retread i want some like young up and coming although i don't know that he's young he's when was he born 70 76 he's 10 years older than me so what 44 pretty young for a coach i just saw the gray beard and i was like oh maybe he's not eh. i got a gray beard so i don't know what i'm talking about but everybody wants this, like, young, like, up-and-coming person that's, like, hiding somewhere, and we find him. And the Packers are like, dude, we got we got him. He's here. He's so good. He's super talented. Like, we're excited. And it's like, no, no, it's stupid. It has somebody else, some other young up-and-coming guy. Like, what are you talking about? Well, no, he has to, he has to have worked under somebody that was really smart. Well, what's the difference? I, I don't know. I just want him to, to have worked under somebody that was smarter than Menenga. Well, he has. He's been around for decades. Yeah, but he was poisoned by Menenga the last two years of his career, so now he's terrible. I'm just saying there's not a lot of thought going into that that thought process at all. And unfortunately, the answer to the question, is he going to be a good, um, a, a good coach, is I don't know. And neither do you, and quite honestly, neither does Matt LaFleur. But it sounds like he really, really likes the guy, and it sounds like, unless they're just lying... Sounds like a lot of other teams are really, really interested. It's why they, I mean, it's exactly what he said. I mean, they didn't take time to do a search, right? They didn't spend a bunch of time trying to put together a list of coaches, and they just said, we really like this guy, and we, we need to put pen to paper immediately. I think that's a good sign, and I don't really care that the last couple of years of his career, he worked under Menenga. In 2016, he helped coach Pat McAfee. Does that count for anything? So again, unfortunately, the, the, the only real honest answer, without just trying to sound really smart and insightful, is I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what he's like in, in the meeting room. I have not sat down and talked with him. And guess what? Even if I'd had, I wouldn't know what I'd be looking at. He'd be talking and coaching and teaching, and I'd be sitting there going, I, I don't know, is that right? I, I, I don't know. But I'm not even there. I'm I'm over here. So what am I supposed to tell you? I'm I'm just I'm sorry. I don't have a I, I, I got nothing, man. You look at a list of what are the top ten metrics that you would want in a special teams coach, and I couldn't tell you one of those metrics about Maurice Drayton or any other coach. The best I could do, like the the ex Lion special teams coordinator, is say, Well, he coached here, and they did well, so we could go with that guy. It's also possible that they did well because they're just better players, and if you just get better players, you get better things. It's entirely possible. I remember when Mike McCarthy started talking about emphasizing special teams, and, you know, we're not just going to put the lowest common denominators on special teams. You have to, you know, perform. I don't think they did. But, I mean, special teams is a phase, and either you care about it or you don't, and a lot of teams just don't care about it. Matt LaFleur hasn't really seemed to put much into it. Obviously, Brian Gutekunst has a little bit, getting a punter and a long snapper, but I don't think that's the biggest problem. I think there's been a lot of blocking issues, although the snapping hasn't been great. So I don't I don't know. There's so many moving parts here. I, again, the, the coaching stuff is extremely exciting, but I, I just have nothing for you, and I'm very, very sorry about that. But I'm, I'm excited that the Packers are excited. Let's just put it that way.
the people that know, first of all, they would have to know how to put that list together, right? When I said there's like a 10 point thing, which obviously I made up, but let's say they came to me and said, what, what, what are the 10 things you would need? I, I, dude, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you'd have to know the right things, I guess, like how to call the right things at the right time. So I would, you know, maybe give him a, a test or something and see, like, in this situation, what do you do? And he's like, oh, you, you set this up. Or what if what if they overload to this side? Like, well, you, you teach him to do this. And if he can answer those questions, and I guess he knows what to do. And the other weird thing about special teams, I feel like it's, I, I, maybe I just don't know anything about special. It seems like it's very straightforward. Like, is there really a lot of innovation? Do they have, like, a West Coast, you know, or 4-3, four, 3-4 three, three, four zone versus man? Do they have, like, all this super complex stuff for special teams? I know that you can change stuff up, but I feel like it's there's a lot less of that, like, high-end innovation. And so the amount of things you need to know how to do, like, you know, there's a handful of things you can choose to do, and you need to know a handful of things of, of how to teach guys how to avoid that. Especially when you almost always get the exact same result with special teams. You know, there's there's not generally, like, like a Kansas City Chiefs or a Green Bay Packers or whatever kind of offense that's just unstoppable, right? Generally, on a kickoff, you're going to get to about like the 20 to 25 if you return it. Generally, if you're kicking off, you're going to stop them somewhere around the 20 to 25 to 30, somewhere in that range. You know what I mean? Like the difference between a really good and really bad special teams unit is stopping them at the, the 20 as opposed to the 30. And that has to do with what? Speed and tackling and angles? I, I'm I'm just see this is what I'm talking this is why I can't tell you if he's a good coach I don't even know what he's supposed to know, but I I feel like he probably knows it. It's, 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 I don't know I'm just I guess I'm just confused how you can suck at being a special teams coordinator. That's that's where I'm stuck. I don't even understand that. When I, we were talking to Coach Hahn about a lot of stuff and he was going over things, um, it was very basic like alignment. Like look they they put everybody to this side so we should probably bring somebody over to this side, and he's not doing that. And so teams are just overloading one side, and Menenga's not doing anything to stop that. It's like, I, I feel like if I'm me, and they're like, hey, Ryan, you want to be a special teams coordinator? And I'm like, dude, I don't know anything, but I'll, I, I guess. Like, I'm the last person on earth that can do it, you know, because everybody else is, uh, I don't know, sick or something. Just, just, just stick with me here, all right? Everybody's sick, and I have to do it. No, nobody else can. So I'm the Packers special teams coordinator. And I see everybody line up on one side, and I'm like, you know, hey, Matt, um, looks like they put everybody on one side. It, would it be weird if I, like, moved somebody over there? And he'd be like, no, that'd be normal. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to move somebody. Is that cool? He'd be like, yeah, you probably should. I'd be like, all right, hey, go over to that side. He'd be like, okay, and then he'd go to that side. And then we'd be a little bit more balanced. I feel like I don't need 16 years of special teams coordinator experience to figure out math. Like kindergarten math, maybe first grade. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Still just eleven people. But anyways, yeah, Murray Straighten. I, I, you know, I don't know. Hopefully he's good. I guess. By the way, I don't know that it's officially official. I mean, they. It sounds like they like jumped at it, but it's they haven't actually like put together a contract for him. Again, they're they're just extremely anxious to be like, no, hey, hey, we want to hire you. We want to hire you, but they haven't actually. Um, made him an offer, which means he hasn't formally accepted it. But it sounds like it's going to happen unless. Um, I think that was a problem last time when there was a really, really coveted um, special teams coordinator. Again, the way my memory works, I, I the details are just not there. I feel like he went to Miami, or maybe he came from Miami. I don't know. I think he came from Miami. But everybody wanted him, and I feel like the Packers were on that list of teams that wanted him, but 
they just didn't offer enough money. And so that's another issue where it's like they're going to stick to a budget, right? They're they're just they're going to look at it and say this is how much money we're going to offer. So it's, I guess it's possible unless something happened last night that I missed where they they actually did ink them up. I don't know. It's possible they're like, here's how much we want to offer you, dude. What do you think? You excited? We're going to promote you. And then somebody, he's like, yeah, they offered me a lot more. So I'm going to go over there. So I, I, I guess I shouldn't be so definitive, but um, it sounds like that's the direction we're headed. Oh, here we go. Maybe I should read things before I, uh, before I talk. So here's, here's some insights for you. Again, it doesn't answer the question, is this guy any good? But um, rather than me trying to translate this article here, this is uh, from Tom Silverstein. We'll start here. An NFL source said the Packers are eager to announce that they had hired Drayton because at least one other team was interested in interviewing him for a special team's opening and they did not want to lose him. The Packers would have uh, they would have had to give permission to interview Drayton and LaFleur said he would never stand in the way of his assistant getting promoted elsewhere. In other words, they'd ask for permission, he'd have to say yes, and he's like, no, 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 we're going to hire him. It only took him a day after the decision to replace Menenga. Here's the interesting insight. Drayton was a candidate for the job in 2019 after highly regarded Miami Dolphins special teams coach Darren Rizzi, that's the guy that I was talking about, dropped out of consideration when he felt the Packers weren't serious about meeting his contract demands. He wound up with the New Orleans Saints. How did that turn out, by the way? Let me see. Well, the Saints were sixth. Um, actually, hold on. When did he get hired? 2018? Um, ay Wow, that hurts. So the Saints were 28th in 2018, and then they went to 6th in 2019. They were 6th again this year. This is via PFF as far as their special teams are ranked. So they shot up, which is upsetting because you, you want those kinds of things to happen here. And obviously the Packers didn't feel the need to invest as much as he was asking. It also is exciting, though, because you realize if you can just get the right person in the building, it can make a massive difference. And it, it kind of goes for special or for defensive coordinator as well. Um, I'm worried about getting worse. But it's also very possible, again, I, I think we have a massive amount of talent. One of the biggest frustrations I've had is the fact that we have invested countless resources in defense, and it's still the offense dragging the defense. It's always been that way, with the exception maybe of last year. It's always the offense dragging the defense. And we've, we've done nothing but invest in defense for years. Darnell Savage is a first-round pick. Uh, Adrian Amos is a, is a high-end free agent. Kevin King was an early second-round pick. He was the first pick in the second round. Jair was a mid-first-round pick. Kenny Clark is a first-round pick. Rashawn Gary is a first-round pick. Preston and Zedarius are high-end free agents. From top to bottom, it's nothing but free agents acquisitions and first- and second-round picks with a couple other guys mixed in, and it's still the offense dragging the defense. It's undrafted free agents and, you know, fifth-round running backs. And, you know, a, a first-round quarterback and a second-round wide receiver dragging everybody. And I can't shake the feeling that a really, really, really good defensive coordinator could make this an unbelievably elite defense. Especially when you look around and you look at, again, Tampa. Tampa does not have elite players. They just don't. They've got an elite defense, though. The Rams have so many unbelievable holes. Massive amounts of holes. And even when you look at their, their secondary, which had three top 20 guys, as I said, only one of them has any serious pedigree. The other two just became very good in the system. And again, you, you look at, well, they're, of course they're so good. They got Aaron Donald. And what? Name one other guy next to Aaron Donald. Well, you probably can now because we played him, but prior to that, you probably couldn't. Name one of their linebackers. Name one of their safeties. You don't know any of these guys, but yet they had the, they, they had the number one defense in football. How? Very, very good defensive coordinator. Kenny Clark. Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, 
Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. I don't know who else is going to be there, but I mean, yeah. again, I just feel like I'm I'm coming from a place of fear saying maybe we shouldn't replace him, whereas maybe, you know, you got to look at it and say that it's just you demand better. It could get worse, that's true, but um, somebody can do better. And um, I'm expecting you to find that person, I guess, is kind of kind of what it is. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked. We're not done with this article yet. So that was Darren Rizzi. He did a great job with the Saints uh, after the Packers decided they didn't want to pay him that much money. Continuing on, a source says LaFleur was high on Drayton at the time when they were going to hire, uh, what's his name, Menenga. But there was pressure from the front office to go with someone who hadn't been on former coach Mike McCarthy's staff, and Menenga wound up being hired. So when LaFleur came in, he interviewed a bunch of people, really liked this guy. But the front end was like, look, um, the coaches here, they kind of suck. <laughs> and it'd be great. Why is it like sounding like I'm, I don't know. Sounds like it's way too long. I don't know. Anyways, it'd be great if you didn't hire somebody that's already in this building. In fact, if you wanted to fire everybody, I'd be fine with that. And so he's like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go out there into the world and find somebody. He went out and found somebody and he wasn't very good. And I, I shouldn't even say that. He he found Rizzy, right? Which which has got to be extremely frustrating. He's like, all right, I want to hire this guy. And they're like, yeah, maybe. But that probably isn't the best thing. Why don't you go out there and find somebody? All right, how about that guy? He's really, really good. He's going to come in here and help us. Yeah, that's a little too expensive. Can you find a cheaper version? Um, You mean like a guy that doesn't want a lot of money because he's not really, really good at special teams? Sure, I can find that guy. Is that what you want me to find? I will find that guy. Here's Menenga. How's that sound? Ooh, man, he looks he looks scary. We should get that guy. Done. Paid. In full. All right, cool. Here we go. Off we go. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. We'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? I, who, who cares? Again, it shouldn't it shouldn't be all that hard, man. It was so pathetically bad. I think it was... Somebody said, I think it might have been Nagler on, on Twitter, the, the, the standard that... Um, that Maurice Drayton has is competence. That's it. You, you just need a unit that is competent, and then we're good. Because really, that's that's the whole thing. Like, you don't really need a special teams. It's not like back in the day where you had a bunch of, like, kick returns for touchdowns, and, like, it, special teams got to be a little bit more exciting. They're trying to take the excitement out of special teams. Really, you just need to not really, really, really suck. Baseline competent teams basically just don't allow you to return the ball. Like, we're going to probably kick it into the end zone, and if we don't, if we're able to kick it down to, like, the one-yard line and you have to return it, we're probably going to stop you around the 20, maybe, like, the 18-ish. And that's it. And then when we return it, like, you know, either you kick it into the end zone or we, we get it back to usually about the 25, maybe a little bit further, just to try to make sure that you don't keep doing that to us. You know, punt return is, is pretty straightforward. Just Just catch it. Don't drop it. That's about it, you know? there's a little bit of room there, try to pick up a couple extra yards here and there. But just, again, just don't drop it. That's that's pretty much what you have to accomplish. If you can pull that off, you're doing a great job. I'm not asking for kick returns for touchdown. Pretty basic, competent stuff. Don't allow teams to constantly start at the 40 while we keep starting at the 15. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Anyways, as I said, I'm a little bit short on time, so we're just going to take a break right here. Um, that way we can just kind of come back on the other side and go until it's time to go. So we'll take a break here. We will be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So before I forget, um, one of the things I'm going to ask for help with is um, I did have somebody ask me about Quinn Miners. I should probably figure out how to say the guy's name, but that's about what he sounds like. He is a very, very popular center from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater which is my alma mater. I don't know if you can call it that if you don't graduate, but I think you can. I know I can say alumnus. I looked it up. It says graduated or have attended, so burn. Anyways, um, he's been playing at the Senior Bowl and has been just destroying everybody. There's all these big-name defensive tackles that everybody knows, and some D3 center that nobody's ever heard of with uh, gut hanging out is just throwing these guys around like they're, they're nothing. And so um, people have been asking about him. And unfortunately, because, you know, PFF doesn't look at D3 and I've got absolutely nothing and, you know, obviously centers don't have stats, I got nothing to go on. So I thought, well, maybe I'll reach out to some people and see what I get back and I may have gotten the ear of somebody. So what I need from you are questions. What the heck do we want to know about a center? So that's what I need you to answer quickly. Thank you. Another thing here, um, and again, look, this, this is... This is kind of silly, but it's this is what the offseason is about, right? A lot of silly things happen, and it's not always going to be about the Green Bay Packers, but it is, in a sense, always about the Green Bay Packers because it's just kind of the way to look at these things and understanding that this kind of stuff happens all the time, and it's almost always stupid. So I had Pac-Man14 on Twitter again send me an article in which there was a proposal talking about trading Ezekiel Elliott to the Jaguars. Why? Well, Ezekiel Elliott... Elliott used to play for Ohio State. The new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars used to be his coach in college. And so there would be sort of a bringing the band back together kind of a thing. And, you know, the idea is that that guy pretty much has carte blanche. He can do whatever he wants over there in Jacksonville to build the team that he wants. Very simple. It's very simple. The Cowboys literally just paid him a bunch of money. He's not going anywhere. Makes absolutely no sense. Why would they pay the guy and then move move on from him? 
Remember they paid him instead of the quarterback? Obviously, they think Ezekiel Elliott is the most important or one of the most important pieces on this entire team. So that's not real. But again, it it ties into some of this Aaron Rodgers stuff that we're hearing because, again, it's just people can say whatever they want. Anybody can say anything. And so we get all this wild speculation, and and it's not supposed to be speculation. No, I heard. I heard. It's a real thing. It's a real... Somebody texted me. Somebody that's on the inside. Somebody that's in the know said. And then you had people coming out saying, if this wasn't true, they would have come out and refuted it. And within about 12 hours... The, the GM of the, or the, the, yeah, I guess the GM of Packers, whatever, as well as Aaron Rodgers himself came out and were like, nope, this is stupid. And uh, every year I tell you that this stuff is stupid and you keep believing it. And then even afterwards, you get uh, Rob Domofsky coming out and saying, he said, think weird. I don't know. He said, think pretty weird. And then there was another article that came out and said somebody texted, I think it was from Barstool, got a text message from a coach. And that coach said that there's this, they're lying, that there's something really brewing. And he just knows that there's something deep down. And he says, this thing's about to go nuclear. He probably said nuclear because he's an idiot. It's going to go nuclear. Probably also said Chipotle. I don't know why. I don't know why. Some people have a really hard time understanding which one comes first, the L or the T. Look at the word, dude. The T comes first, then the L. It's not Olte. Stop saying that. You're making me go crazy. Chipotle. People drive me nuts. Anyways... So now that, that it's, well, this is an NFL head coach, of course he knows. How does he know? How does he know anything? The NFL head coach is getting the exact same information we are. He doesn't have special insights. He's not saying, trust me, dude, I, I went over to Matt LaFleur's house and he and Rodgers were hanging out and they were fighting the whole time. They were like a married couple. Rodgers started drinking and he started like screaming at him. And LaFleur started crying and he said, get out, I never want to see you again. And then Rodgers broke something and said, I hate you. And then he stormed out, then he tried to light his house on fire. It was crazy. He's not saying that. He's saying, dude, it's crazy. Like, are you seeing this? Seeing all this stuff on the news? Dude, it's nuts. This is about to blow up, I can tell. By the way, this kind of stuff happens... Something is wrong with this microphone. Let me turn myself down. Maybe it's just my headphones. I don't know. This kind of stuff happens all the time. Like, in the media media. In fact, there was a politician, and I, you know, I won't say who their name is, because then people are going to get mad at me. Because you're only allowed to make fun of the politicians I don't like. But this person legitimately came out and laid out the strategy. Basically, you say stuff that isn't true, and then you keep saying stuff that isn't true, and then people report on the fake news, and they're like, did you hear this report? And then there's reporting on top of the reporting. And then it's like, well, you know, there's there's been all these different incidents, and when you try to come out and say, dude, this is fake, you're like, I don't know, man, this is like the fifth time we've heard this. Something, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. This is getting a little crazy. It's the fifth time it's been made up, you complete moron. It's never been true once. What are you talking about? Well, we have people that are now verifying it. No, you have people who are now coming out and saying that this is serious based on the news that you're making up. And then you report on that. You gotta turn that down. Looks like I'm talking really quiet right now, but I'm about to blow out this flipping microphone. Anyways, I should probably make it a habit to turn the heat off when I do the podcast so the furnace doesn't kick on, but I know I'm going to forget, and then the family's going to wake up, and it's going to be 60 degrees, and I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. So that's a bad idea. We have a baby. How could you? I know. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. I thought it was a good idea. That's exactly how that would go. But again, this is the time, and, and it's especially true because there's a lot of people that make their living doing this stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun for me either. Um, I remember when last year the podcast really really kind of blew up and it was the right at the same time I first started 
having ad revenue and that started going up because of the season. And man, I started getting, I was telling my wife all kinds of stuff like, oh man, this is going to be great. And um, that basically went to zero in the off season and it sucked a lot. I mean, it was borderline depressing because I had made promises and uh, set goals and kind of did the whole like, oh, you'll see kind of thing. And, and she did not see. And so you, you kind of understand, like, I mean, I, I have another job, so I don't really depend on this, but it does suck to see how hard you've worked and you feel like things are genuinely growing and then it just falls off and it's like, no, come, where are you going? Don't leave, please. It's not even just the money. It's like, I, I thought we had something special, man. I thought we were friends and you're leaving me. Like, it's still fun, right? And so the, the point is you got some people who, who, whether they make a lot of money or not a lot of money, whatever, people start to leave and so they got to find ways to bring people back. Well, one way you do that is to say, um, Wild Ezekiel Elliott trade proposed to reunite Cowboys running back with Xcoat. That isn't true. I mean, in a sense it is, but again, this is how you can manipulate words to make it seem like something when actually there's nothing here. That Wild Ezekiel Elliott trade that was proposed was proposed, proposed by a writer. And then you have another writer write about it, right? So he does have a source, and the source is some guy who made it up. But technically, this title is true. Wild Ezekiel Elliott trade was proposed to reunite Cowboys running back with ex-coach. That's 100% true. But it's also 100% misleading. They want people to think that, that it was proposed by possibly the Cowboys or the Jaguars. This is what the offseason's about. And so I just want to get you to understand that, that this stuff never ends because there's people whose livelihood depends on you really still caring and turning this into the off, this offseason into a soap opera. And, and to an extent, I appreciate it because it helps me. Because people don't want to leave the and, and, and leave the soap opera. I'm glad that... And it's not all fake. I mean, the NFL has gotten crazy in the offseason with the trades and everything else. I mean, you got Deshaun Watson now officially asking for a trade. That's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. That kind of stuff never happened. But it's been about four years. I mean, basically since I started the podcast is when crazy stuff started happening. And I remember... I'm trying to think what the first super... I don't know if it was Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. That was pretty crazy you know, refusing to play the season. And you had Aaron Donald who would refuse to play the season, but he ended up getting the contract. Brown didn't, so he forced his way out. Le'Veon Bell forced his way out. And it's like stuff like that just didn't happen. You don't have, you know, Khalil Mack getting traded. Like that doesn't happen. You don't trade away guys like Khalil. I mean, just stuff like that has been happening constantly. And then this past year, look at the quarterbacks. I mean, you had Phillip Rivers in Indy. You got Tom Brady in, in uh, Tampa possibly winning a Super Bowl with Tampa. Just, I mean, everything is up for grabs. And again, the fact that it's a soap opera is great for me. I mean, it's it's entertaining for me, number one. I, I like it just as a fan, but it also helps to, to keep people invested through the offseason. Now, once free agency and the draft are done, things really start to fall off. But I don't see why anybody would walk away outside of just being really kind of depressed about what happened with the Packers. But once you move on from that, this is, this is gold. But we got to sift through the actual entertaining stuff like Deshaun wants Watson wants out and where is he going to go and wild Ezekiel Elliott trade proposed by some writer who doesn't know what he's talking about that made up a scenario in which the the Cowboys who just paid Ezekiel Elliott a bunch of money and gave him a six-year contract are just going to give him away to the Jaguars for a third round pick by the way by the way his cap hit in um 2021 is $13.7 million. If they trade him away, it goes to $24.5 million. That's that's what the dead cap would be. So that's never going to happen. I shouldn't say never. I mean, it could could happen someday, but he just signed the contract. And, and again, I, I don't have to explain. Anybody who heard that would have, for the most part, with the exception of a few people, 
probably looked at that and said, that's a little silly. I don't think that's real. But again, you just got to you gotta sift through things. And that's why it's also very important. And I, I know that this is something else a lot of people don't like to do. You got to start clicking on the articles, man. It, it, it took me into the first sentence to realize that the proposal was proposed by a writer. So that immediately the, the title just went away. In other words, the, the question in my head of, is this nonsense or is this like a thing that somebody actually proposed? At least they answered that in the first sentence. They at least had that much integrity. But speaking of um, Deshaun Watson, now, and again, how much of this story is real, I don't know. However, the absolute worst thing that could happen, I think, in this entire offseason, outside of the Packers possibly trading um, Aaron Rodgers, would be the Bears trading for Deshaun Watson. That would be horrific. I've said for a while now that um, he's one of the better quarterbacks in football. Now, the one silver lining here is the Bears are borderline as incompetent as the Texans are. Obviously, we play the Texans, we beat the Texans, and it wasn't even that hard. We annihilated the Texans. So it's not a guarantee. Plus, they're going to be losing their... their Pro Bowl wide receiver and Allen Robinson. The defense is going to continue to fall off. So it's possible this would just continue to ruin the team because they'd have to give up a ton. And um, Deshaun would be... St- but, but that's the thing. Why would he accept... He wants... He's on a team right now. If he wanted more money from the Texans, they'd probably give it to him, right? I'm sure they would bend over backwards to keep the one great thing that they have in that franchise. I think what he wants is an opportunity. And I just feel like if he goes to the Bears, he's in a very similar situation to Houston. But apparently there were, and this is confirmed via Ian Rappaport, and I tend to believe what he says, but he's aware of three teams that have reached out to the Texans. One of them is the Chicago Bears. Actually, he said plenty of teams, and he listed three, the Jets, the Bears, and the Panthers. Obviously, the best-case scenario here would be the Jets, not necessarily for Deshaun Watson, although the rumor was that he was interested in the Jets or Miami were his top two options. Again, I don't know what what of this is real and, and fake or whatever, but... That's the word on the street. So perfect marriage, in my opinion, go to the Jets because it, it not only moves him to the AFC, it kind of neutralizes him because the Jets suck. Not that they have to forever, but it, it just increases the likelihood that you don't have to worry about the Jets or Deshaun Watson, I guess. And and look, here's... I don't, I don't think it's... It's kind of a weird thing. I mean, the Bears make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Um, the number one reason being... I've looked at this a bunch of different ways, and I don't think the Bears stand a single chance without a quarterback. They just don't. I mean, this team is so bad from top to bottom, and they just keep getting worse. And then when you look at the draft, the odds of there being a quarterback where they're drafting is almost zero. And so outside of like a blockbuster trade up for a quarterback, which I think they're going to want to avoid because they did that once already, and it put them in the position that they're in right now. They got stuck with a really bad quarterback, and they gave away everything to get them. And... Um, when you look at, I've done the seven-round mocks as well, if you don't get those top few guys, you got maybe two, depending on where Mac Jones goes and Kyle Trask. Um, but but a lot of those guys, it's, you know, depending on who you ask, if you take them in the first round, they're like, you're a dummy. It's a terrible pick. But, but there, I mean, there's just, it's not a deep quarterback group at all. I mean, you, you got like one guy maybe in the third and like one guy here and there. It's just there's not a lot. And so the point is, if, if the Bears don't make a move up, they're not getting a quarterback, more than likely, or, or again, unless they get one of the kind of mediocre guys. But I just feel like they're, they've got to be a little bit gun-shy about investing in a quarterback that's not very good. And Deshaun Watson is an automatic. You know he's very, very good. And they've got a GM who seemingly doesn't mind giving everything. He doesn't care about draft picks. He doesn't care about anything. He just cares about acquiring talent. He's done nothing 
but give away picks and, and acquire players. Now, you would think he'd be smart enough to realize this plan is not working and I need to smarten up, but he's the seems to be the kind of guy that's like, eh, I don't really care about picks. I'm going to just go acquire talent. He's the ultimate fan GM, except unless you're a fan of the Bears, suddenly you hate that strategy because that's what your GM has done and your team is garbage. It's a good note for all the fans who are like, we just need to go into free agency. We need to go into free agency. We need to go into free agency. We need to go into free agency. Who cares about picks? Who cares about the picks aren't any good anyways? Why don't you get guys that are guaranteed to be good? Okay, that's exactly what the Bears do. That's exactly what the Bears do. They never have any picks because they go out and get everybody, every single wide receiver they had was a free agent pick with the exception of, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Miller, I think. I think they had somebody else too. I don't know. But they, they, they went out and got like four or five different um, wide receivers over the last two years, including Allen Robinson. The defense is, is, you know, Khalil Mack, who they acquired through a massive trade. The quarterback, Foles, was through a trade. Or was he a free? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the point is, he just, he loves just picking up guys. And he just doesn't care about the draft. So it just it just kind of makes sense from the standpoint, he's the kind of GM that would love to just give everything away to go get this guaranteed good quarterback. Now, with that said, it's, it's I think that they, they have the, um, I think they have the will, let's say. Um, I think the best that they could offer would be three first round pick. And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I, I think... That would be probably what it takes, and you cannot do four. The most you can trade is three years out. So that would be the 2021, 2022, and 2023 first-round picks. Obviously, you can stack that. You can say in a second somewhere or something, I, you know, whatever. Point is, do they have the will? I think yes. Do they have the desire? I think absolutely. I think they still look at this as, as a team, and I, I think this is somewhat untrue. I think the Bears need to be very careful here. This is, this is a team that has the defense. We just need an offense. The problem is, again, I don't know how long you have this defense. You're getting another new defensive coordinator, right? They're, so they had Fangio. They brought in Pagano. Pagano retired. Now they got to get the third defensive coordinator in three years. You've got guys that are, you know, possibly leaving. Bunch of defensive linemen you got to worry about. Um, just along the defensive line, we got Barcavius Mingo, Roy Robertson Harris, Daniel McCullers, John Jenkins, Brent Urban, Mario Edwards Jr. Got a bunch of safeties. Eddie Jackson's the only one that's locked up. Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, Tashawn Gibson, Sherrick McManus. So a lot of questions there. Again, it's continuing to get worse unless you can find replacements, and it's hard to get replacements when you keep giving away all your draft picks. And it's not like they have a ton of cap because they spend a lot of money on these guys that they acquire. Now, that may go down if Allen Robinson leaves, but you still have a bunch of really high-priced guys. Currently, they're you know $10.5 million in the hole, 10.6, depending on what the cap actually is. But Khalil Mack is going to cost $26.6 million. Keem Hicks is another uh, 12 Kyle, Kyle Fuller's got to be... I think they're getting rid of Kyle Fuller. That's insane. Or they, they just have to restructure his contract. That that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. His cap hit is $20 million this year. There's no way they're paying that. They're either going to restructure his contract or they're cutting him. That is unbelievably insane. It would cost $9 million in dead money, and they would save $11 million off the cap, which would immediately bring them into the black, but that still doesn't give them enough money to sign a quarterback. I mean, think about it. They're, they're going to pay him... That's the thing. they they got to have... So right now, this is the other the, the other dynamic here. If you're trading for him, you're trading for his contract as well. In 2021, his cap is only 16 million, but you you have to get 16 million plus however much you need. So you probably need you know again you you want to have about 10 million dollars going into the season, maybe about 10 million dollars to sign your your rookies. Although again, if you give away all your picks, it's not going to cost you as much. But I mean, you got to come up with 16 million on top of all that. But then after 2021, it balloons up to $40.4 million. That's a lot of money you got to come up with. 
And I tell you what, I don't think you're paying Deshaun Watson and Khalil Mack. And if you had any idea of, well, we, we could restructure Khalil Mack, no, because that's going to push money back, and back is when you don't have money. So that's a problem. Just just looking at 2022, if they were to trade for um, Deshaun Watson, Khalil Mack's cap hit is $27.15 million. Deshaun is $40.4 million. We're talking $67.5 million between two players. If the cap were, let's just say, $200 million, we're talking one-third of the salary cap going toward those two players. That doesn't, you know, include the $16 million they're supposed to pay Robert Quinn. Yeah, right. Um, 11 to Cody Whitehair is a guy that they definitely don't want to get rid of. Eddie Goldman, up-and-coming defensive tackle, very talented, $11.8 million. Yeah, right. Eddie Jackson, who is a wildly overrated safety, $13.5 million. We're talking about 2022. There's no way. So, again, all these things have consequences. And the reason they're able to do as much as they were able to do is because they had a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. And that was that was how they were able to pay all this money to guys like Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack and all that stuff. All that goes away instantly. And you basically have one grace year to get this cap down real low. One year before he balloons up and then you have no money. By the way, Aaron Rodgers' cap number never gets as high as Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers' highest cap hit is in 2022. It's $39.8 million. Deshaun Watson in 2022 is 40.4. In 2023, it's $42.4 million. Think about that. That's crazy. Then they get the luxury in 2025 of negotiating a new contract for him worth about $50 million a year, and that'll be fun. So, I mean, there's a lot of options, and that's true of just about any team, except you've got other teams that have a bunch of money. right? The Jets are sitting on $63.5 million. They have no issues bringing in Deshaun Watson. Zero. They don't have to cut anybody. They don't have to, they, they could give, they can go out and get him more talent. They, you know what they could do? They could bring in Allen Robinson on top of it. You imagine that? They, they could pay for Deshaun Watson and Allen Robinson and just bring him into the Jets. And they have enough money to do that. And by the way, the other issue, there, there's several issues. Number one, the Bears are going to have a hard time competing with teams like the Jets and the Miami Dolphins who are con- considered in this because of the amount of draft capital. The Jets and the Dolphins have a very, very high round pick. And again, I don't know what it's going to cost, but if the Jets are able to offer up a number two, or is it a number three? Uh, I think it's a two. Yeah, the Jets have a number two. Miami Dolphins have the number three pick. In fact, my, the Jets and the Dolphins both have two first-round picks. The Jets have pick two and pick 23. Miami has pick three and pick 18. They could give them both. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. And on top of offloading the contract, I'm not really sure. Maybe they'd have to do that and a little bit more. But the bottom line is, what do the Bears have to offer? We'll give you pick 20 and then, you know... Plus, we have Deshaun Watson now, so you got to assume any future picks are going to be devalued. So even if they gave three first-round picks, what is it, pick 20, pick 25, and then pick 29 the next year? I'll take the two and the, the 23 right now, you know, and offer me a, a, a second to sweeten them. I don't know. In addition to that, another thing working against Chicago is that there is a no-trade clause in the contract for Deshaun Watson. What does that mean? It doesn't mean he can't be traded, obviously, but it means that Deshaun Watson has say in it. In other words, if if the Texans try to trade him to another team and Deshaun Watson doesn't agree, he can say, excuse me, there's a clause here that says you can't trade me. I'm going to exercise my right to not be traded right here. In other words, he just has the ability to say no. If he doesn't want to go to Chicago, if he views Chicago as a not great franchise, which might be the case, again, well, why would he like the Jets? Maybe it's because of the, the new organizational structure. Look at their new head coach. People want to play for him. People get excited about that. A really young 
talented, intelligent players kind of coach who's got the right mentality, who's going to bring a mean defense. you got a GM that's got a bunch of money that would love to bring you in, give you all the money and all the resources you could ever possibly need. I know the Jets have a bad reputation, but they also have the resources to really make this thing work, and they've got a guy that can sell it and say, we're going to turn this thing around, me and you. This is going to be a Jets team like you've never seen. We've got all the resources in the world to make this a world-class team. What do the Bears have to offer? Well, I know we suck, but... um. Um, I, we, so we've got, um, so we, we don't really have money, um, and we're probably going to have to send guys away to pay for your contract, but Khalil, we're going to try to hang on to that guy. Um, the, the coach here is the pedigree and, uh, did work with Andy Reed, um, for, a for a while. Um, what do they have? I mean, th- what they're going to try to do is sell the idea that we ha- we're, we're a team that's ready today. We've got, the def- you, we've got a defense like you've never seen, Deshaun. You come in here, you play like you always have, and we're going to support you in any and every way that we can, and we're going to win a Super Bowl year one. The problem is, I don't know if Deshaun buys it, but even if he does, he's got an agent that's looking at this saying, I don't think so. Because he can re- they, they, can, they can see everything I just said. They can't, they're going to ship away Allen Robinson. He's leaving. He's forcing his way out. He says, I don't want to be here. Why would a guy that's forcing his way out of a team want to go to a team that has players trying to leave? I don't think there's any reason why he would do that. He wants to go to a place where players want to be. And I think Miami makes a lot of sense as well. Miami's got that similar kind of coach, right? A, a young, up-and-coming, talented guy that the players would just would, would die for, would kill for. right? They love the guy. Extremely talented doing magical things over there in Miami. I know it seems crazy because they have Tua, but Tua, you know, depending on what he is, doesn't... Again, it's kind of a a bird-in-the-hand situation. If you have the opportunity to get Deshaun, the biggest question for Miami is, is can Tua ever become Deshaun Watson? Well, if you have Deshaun Watson available, why bother to worry about it? Why am I going to sit here and hem and haw and say, boy, I hope he becomes even half as good as Deshaun. Why don't we just go get Deshaun and not worry about it? Now, they're not as good of a cap spot as um, as the Jets, but they've got $24 million right now. They're, they're doing okay. And I'm sure they can rework plenty of stuff. I mean, you, you got guys that are like the Packers, $30 million over the cap. They're, they're going to get that straightened out. So, so if, if teams can shift around tens of millions of dollars like it's nothing, Miami can figure that out as well. And they're obviously one of the more talented teams. they got one of the best defenses in football after just like a year with this new coach. Or is it two years now? I don't know, but but they're they're really doing some special thing, and it's one of those teams that's doing way better than you would expect based on the talent. It's another example of if you get the right coaches, um, you can really make the most out of what you got. It's it's not the worst group in the world, but I mean, who in who who is <laughs> what is so exciting about this? There's nothing here, man. But they get it done. Plus, I mean, you're living in Miami. What what 25-year-old rich guy doesn't want to live in Miami, Florida? That sounds awesome. I don't know. I always think that way. I don't, I don't know. He's coming from Texas, which isn't that bad, I guess. But I, w- I wouldn't want to go to Chicago. Well, may- may- maybe some of the players do. New York and Chicago are kind of similar that way. I, I, If you're really into, like, big cities, it's awesome. So I guess it could be kind of cool. I'm just looking at it in terms of I hate cities and I hate the cold and never would I want to live here. I know Miami's a city, but it's at least it's flipping Miami, dude. Go to the beach. If it's too crowded, you go to the other side of the the state and uh, another beach that's not as crowded. Boom. 
So it's not impossible for Chicago. Um, they're going to have to put together a heck of a package, and they're going to have to sell Deshaun because Deshaun has to have, uh, he, he does have a say in this, and he will decide where he wants to go. And ultimately, it could come down to him just telling the Texans, this is the only place I'm willing to go. Um, but he also has to be careful because at some point the Texans can just say, you know what, nah, you're staying here. Sorry, bud. So it, it, it's, a, it's a delicate thing, but I would say the Bears, what they have in spades is interest but I don't know that they have the firepower to really get it done. They don't have the picks. They don't have the money. They don't have the allure. The best thing they could have done this offseason was to fire the GM and the coach and to bring in somebody else that's a little bit more exciting to a, a, a prospect like Deshaun Watson. But they didn't do that. They brought back the exact same group, and so what you're looking at, you don't have as much to sell them on. Nothing new, man. Same old bears, but uh, we're hoping you'll come help us be better than we were. Well, good luck with that. Now, there was some talk, possibly, if the Miami Dolphins are the, the ultimate destination, or they got to do something with Tua, maybe this is where the Bears come in. Now, it's going to take a massive amount of compensation because Tua is not, uh, he's not Rosen, right? He's not being traded because he's terrible. And I don't think Miami is going to be super willing to just give over Tua for nothing. Maybe pick 20 will do it. I don't, I don't really know. I was shocked to see how little value there was in Rosen, so I don't want to overstate it. But I tend to think it's going to cost more than that. You think about how, you know, you got Indianapolis sitting there right at 21. You're telling me they wouldn't sweeten the pot. Like, you know, I'll give you 21. They're like, well, Chicago's going to give us 20. Okay, 21 and a third. I, come on. And you think about the bidding war. I mean, San Francisco at 12. They wouldn't take Tua? Why? Why wouldn't they take Tua? Minnesota at 14. They don't seem to like Cousins that much. I don't, I don't know. I mean, just the, 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 the prospect of a young, talented up. And how about Denver at 9? Not say, I mean, they, they could possibly get another quarterback that's already there, and I don't know if they necessarily would want to give up pick nine for Tua. That might be too much, but it, but just look at the amount of teams that would be willing to wheel and deal. Carolina. Again, we're, we're in that possibly they could get a quarterback territory, especially if, if the Jets or Miami don't take a quarterback, then that drops things. But if, if Miami gets them and Jacksonville and the Jets take the top two available quarterback, and Atlanta could possibly take a quarterback, the fans all want them to take a quarterback, whether they will or not, I don't know. Philadelphia, I have to think, is somewhat in the conversation, although they like Jalen. Detroit now at seven massively needs a quarterback, so they're probably going to take somebody in the draft. If not, see, now we got to worry. Is that an option? I didn't even consider that. What are the odds he goes to Detroit? I mean, you have to think they don't. I, I haven't, see, I got to wrap this up now, but now that that just popped into my head, Stafford is gone, right? And they, they could also use Stafford as a trade piece. I'm sure Stafford doesn't necessarily want to go to Houston, but maybe he does. Stafford and his wife don't seem to like Detroit all that much. Could be a good little retirement area. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wants to win a Super Bowl, go to a more competent team. Maybe he goes to, to Indy and they get another, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, they certainly have some 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 capital they can move. It's more alluring in, in terms of a number seven compared to a number two. Man, how mad would the Bears be? I mean, I'm not going to be super thrilled either, but you imagine being a Bears fan and, and your team tries to get them and Detroit gets them. Oh, oh. And now Detroit's better than you and Minnesota's better. You, you, and with that one move, you are now number four in the NFC North. Man, that sucks. With, with, and in the back of your head, you're thinking, we're going to be the number one team if we get Deshaun. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but you could make a case. I mean, they've, they've, the Detroit Lions have about $2 million, but moving on from Stafford frees up, depending on if they process it post-June 1 or how they do that, could free up about $20 million. Um, you've also got guys like, you know, Trey Flowers, although they can't, again, unless it's a post-June 1 thing or whatever, that's not super great. Um, Desmond Trufant, I mean, that, that they could save almost $10 million by moving on from Trufant, which seems a little crazy, but, I mean, he's not that great. I don't think he did all that much. 
I just think that there's there's plenty of money that they spent, but they got almost no return from anybody. So there's nobody I'm looking at on this Lions team, with the exception of a handful of guys, where I'm saying, well, we can't get rid of him. Why? Yes, you can. Can't get rid of Trufant? Of course you can get rid of Trufant. Who cares? I don't know. I, I haven't heard a single thing about it. Um, and again, I, I think Matt Stafford could possibly sweeten the pot um, for the Texans if they said, look, we got the number seven overall pick. We have an instant quarterback for you. Very intelligent, real good dude. Still got a cannon, you know. Again, I don't know if Matt would be interested or if he even has any say in that, but uh, if 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 it's okay on that end, again, it just kind of further sweetens the pot. It's an instant quarterback because they got to Houston has to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. So at least this kind of keeps you afloat. So you're not just the worst team ever, and you got a bunch of picks. Plus, I mean, you're sitting at seven. Now you're in the conversation for a quarterback. You can immediately draft Stafford's backup. I mean, you you could possibly get Trey Lance right here. And if Atlanta does not take a quarterback, I mean, you, you've got two really good quarterback options that may fall to you unless Carolina trades up or something. And if that happens, I mean, you've got some great wide receiver options. You can automatically get instant upgrade right there. And again, there's a report about a bunch of teams calling, and he just, Rappaport just listed three. Again, I don't know if he'd want to go to Detroit, but at least, again, we've got the allure. Well, that guy's kind of a psychopath. I was going to say, we got the allure of, hey, there's this new guy here. But you have to assume Deshaun watched that press conference the same way Matt Stafford did when he decided he needed out of there. And he's like, I don't know if I want to play for the kneecap guy. But I don't know. I mean, you, you got you got Dorsey there. Although Dorsey's main allure is that he's going to help you find a new quarterback. I don't know. I mean, he is good at team building. The team that's about to win the Super Bowl again, the Kansas City Chiefs, was basically built by Dorsey. Everything you like about that team, Dorsey drafted him. Everybody else that's dead weight that's been drafted over the last three, four years, however long that Dorsey's been gone, the guys that can't do anything, I think Michael Hardman's probably the best draft pick since he left. That's that's all the other guy. I still don't understand the Dorsey. I just don't. He must be the most insufferable human being on earth. Which, again, is, 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 is it ties back into what I said about coaching, and it goes with GMs and stuff as well. There's so many other factors outside of, I don't know why that wouldn't be the biggest factor, but. And he goes to Cleveland, he guts it, he sends away everybody, every draft pick that was ever made, with the exception of, like, Miles Garrett, he sends everybody off, says, you, you guys suck at drafting, this whole team is garbage, sends everybody off, collects a bunch of picks, gets the quarterback and a bunch of other guys in trades and in picks, and uh, then he gets fired, and sure enough, after he leaves, now the Browns are contenders. <laughs> and now that guy's with the Lions, so that sucks. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's possibly goes to Chicago, I just think that they're down the pecking order quite a bit. And it's really probably just going to come down to, number one, again, you have to get Deshaun Watson to sign off on it. And number two, you have to get the compensation. And I think the hardest part is if if the Bears aren't his number one destination, the only way it happens is if the Jets and Miami and all these other teams that he would be willing to play for more so back out. And there's going to be such a massive amount of interest that are teams that are willing to give up a ton. I just feel like Deshaun's going to be able to more or less pick where he wants to go. Because pretty much any of these teams is going to be willing to give up anything to get a guy like Deshaun because that just never happens. That's automatic franchise territory. I mean, obviously you can be the Texans and ruin it by being stupid, but that, that's what every team wants. Every team wants the next Pat Mahomes, the next 25-year-old phenom. And, and he's not necessarily Pat Mahomes, but he's he's a he can get you there. 100% he can get you there. So it is nerve-wracking to have basically three teams in the division looking for new young quarterbacks. I mean, technically the Packers are in there too, but I don't think they're going to be in the conversation. With the Vikings, the Lions, and the Bears um, probably all going to be willing, some more than others. But uh, again, I just I, I think if you were to list out 
the teams that want them the most and the teams that can offer the most, the Bears are quite a bit down that list. But it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be really, really exciting. It's going to be a wild off season, and um, excited to see how some of this stuff pans out. But uh, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic. Please be Friday. Please be Friday. Please be Friday. I'm going to cry. Please be Friday. Oh, have a fantastic Friday. I'll catch you all tomorrow on Saturday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.